It's the Dad Bod Podcast Live with the Odds Fellows and Punisher Picks. Guns Picks. Featuring the intern LockBets.net. Musical guest. Darky Water Sports! And now your hosts, the Dad Bods! Welcome to the show. Let's go! Little SNL of Chris Catan! Sherry O'Terry! <laughs> That's one of my favorite ones too. In Meadows! Well, gentlemen, I'm back. I'm back from Disney World. You, did you miss me? Yes, no, maybe. So? Scalamadoo or Rachel Madu. Did you go to the Bibbidi Boppity Boutique and get the hair bun? Oh, yeah. Oh. How, many, uh, how many Disney princesses did you meet? Uh, before or after the, uh, the uh, park? Ooh. You know what I mean? Um, no. Um, Fireworks were to be had? We didn't know. They weren't doing fireworks because of COVID. Disney what? princesses weren't really out because of COVID either. What? You just kind of wow. had to run into one um, randomly. There wasn't like the meet and greets usually. Um, but I'm glad because I didn't want to waste my time seeing Disney princesses. We wanted to ride some rides. We were there to we were there. go to. I have some some fond memories from back in the oh, day. Space yeah. Mountain still rocks. Oh. Tower of Terror still. still we did. Like, so that's, that's at Universe. Right? That's at, Well, that's at Hollywood TM. Studios and we didn't do that. Yeah. Um, the girls aren't quite old enough to do it all. I, I took my four-year-old on Tower of Terror. It didn't work out well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once, we did, once we did Space Mountain, it was like, all right. She was like, all right, that's enough for me on these fast ones. Um, but they did really good. The kids didn't bitch at all. My one word of advice, and we'll move on from Disney World, is take your kids when they're old enough to remember it. Because it's expensive. They're going to be bitching the whole time if they're not old enough. And it's hot. And it's expensive so and it's expensive yeah. and it's expensive and expensive correct so sports welcome. sports we have a fun fun show today yeah we're gonna get right into some nba talk a lot of playoffs as we enter the conference finals but uh anything important in in hockey or golf or other sport I, I I think I think the surprise on this one. Oh, well, I think how hockey's going to land is you're going to have the the Lightning yep. uh, playing uh, the Montreal Canadiens. That is crazy, which is probably right? the shock of the uh, Stanley Cup, with Carey Price standing on his head. At I think he's at this point he's been in the league since I was twelve. I I don't know another. Uh, goalie that has been playing for the Montreal Canadiens and he only shows up when it's Stanley Cup time. Dude, he's kind of kind of gone kind of done a uh, little Crawford here. He's kind of dominating like, you know, the Blackhawks goalie did a while back on kind of the end of his career. That is classic Stanley Cup hockey though, is you have this one goalie that nobody can get by. And now you got to think about this matchup with the the Lightning who has a lot of shots on goal, electric offense, speed. They're going to destroy I mean, They're going to destroy the Montreal, but I think we all thought uh, Vegas, well, hey, let's not count out Vegas. They can win two in a row easily. That's what against I was going to say. I, they're, they're up three. Fair. Two, right? So, yeah. And, and, they, and they have game seven at home if that Vegas. happens, which we all know Vegas, that place is just tough to win. Um, the, uh, that shell take, that they have is I'm going to take the Knights live. Right yeah, no, I think it's a good. Oh, they're they, they're in a must win. win. They, I, yeah, that's a good spot for them. Check um, the series series price. Yeah, I wonder what the series price is. Um, Do I? But the Lightning are playing right now. as yeah. good as they did last year. It's just yeah, they're, they're up to very zero. dominating. That's a, that's impressive. Two zero in the barn. Right now, that's yeah. the you guys realize that could be the last game at the top in the barn. Yeah, that's good. I want them to get back. In, Golden Knights in, in New England, price. we call it the bond. bond. Golden Knights series price. Well, what do you guys think? They're, they're down 3 Plus two. 220. That's what I would have thought, right? Like closer to 200, plus 150 mm-hmm. on this book. Yeah, so that tells you the whole story. Yeah, so 
Yeah, they're not expecting them to win. So if you think they're going to win, then just bet that series. Don't even bet the games. No, yeah, because there's no point. They're so juiced on game six What if you parlay? What if you did an open parlay for six and seven? Do you think you're getting better than plus 150? A nice little open parlay? No. No, you'll get plus 150, maybe? If you parlay those? I don't know what the odds are. What's the odds for tomorrow? It's got to be minus 140 We're educating the listeners. I'm I'm checking tomorrow. Yeah, why 143 tomorrow? So I was close. Oh, yeah, so you're get better. And then what would they be in game seven? Probably 170. But they'll be high. It'll be higher than that because they're at home. It won't be less than 140. We know that. I think you're gonna. I mean, the the, the price your calc the price is calc right around that. the carry so price. Tell you the carry price. The carry price. That's a good one. Dead Hey now, you got to figure out on the calculator. Are you beating? Are you beating one fifty on an open? I'm not a math guy, but I'm going to say yes. I just did it. If you if you assumed minus one ten, which I think it assumes when you plug in the open, it gets you to plus two twenty two. So that thing's going to plummet on what you you said minus one seventy maybe. Yeah, it will just be equal to probably what they were in game five. What were they in game five? Uh, 230. I don't know if that's oh a my live God. play. I mean, if you hit that, like, that's going to be, yeah, then you're going to plummet for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that was, you know, because right, so the Canadians are plus 192. What are we tonight? What, what did we just say we were for the next one? 143? Like 140, yeah. right? I'll do 140. Yeah. Oh, I got to change that to a minus. We're in the parlay calculator now. Parletti's are flowing, and then you think it's going to be like minus two hundred? Let's say it's minus. Yeah, let's say it's minus. Yeah, let's say it's minus one eighty-five. Yeah, one fifty-seven point one four is minus two hundred, so you're slightly above. If you drop it to one eighty-five, you are at one sixty-four. So you're not getting much better. It makes sense. They put that series price there. That's why. Yeah, you. Yeah, it's going to equal the same thing. Correct. correct. They know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, now you could, yeah, you can you can find other ways around it, but um, but it should shape up nicely. I'm excited to. I, I wish the Islanders would come back tonight. We'll see if we'll get seven there, but hopefully we, we get, get seven in the other. We should touch a little bit on how good of a month we're having as a crew. Thank you. I mean, I yeah. think the whole group is. I think we're up twenty eight. I don't know. I mean, you guys are really up because I suck. No, I mean. <laughs> Now your NBA is doing doing solid. Baseball's come back strong. It was a couple. Yeah. The, the beginning think, of the months have been tougher. I think roughly fourteen units right now for the month um, yeah. between the three of us, which is great. After I sunk it up last month and sucked out all of our energy, but but it, does, it doesn't matter. I think the chase has actually been like cooking back to. Yeah, it's like twenty eight. Yeah, it's like up twenty eight thirty units this month. It had so it had a downfall like big time on some humongous plays. The problem is that's the system. You just I don't mean, want it. You just don't want bad plays clustered, and they just clustered. You, right. you kind of want them spread out over because you can't grade this thing until the end of the season. Although you even my, said this is like it's it's almost like seeing double moons or something. It's like an anomaly. It's so like it, LeBron. You got to see three rims. Right. It's <laughs> it's un, it's unreal that that you know if people want to like you know deny the what the chase does. I mean, I think you know history speaks for itself. It's a successful system it just hit, it just hit the humongous like uh white oh, gay glitch of- we're one we're one play away from being a big fucking time like yeah right next like 50 units or something stupid more than it, they are like the turnaround is like dramatic when it happens for uh, sure. but anyway we're having a really good month you guys should if, if you're listening um we have some promo codes out there um one the most recent one is gpo dads give us that for a free month when you buy a month Right. Um, at least a month. Check the links, check the bios, yep. hit up the DMs. Yeah. Shit, join us for them. six. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe join us for buy, a year. Maybe buy six. Well, you get six free. Buy a year, you get a year <laughs> free. Who knows? We're we're willing to deal. Yeah. Um, but join us. We're we're having a good time. We're trying to our best to put out winners. Um, vibes are up. Um, listen, the comment cards that are coming in are are five stars. So I think it's uh it's worked out pretty well for us. Uh, I think the people that are in there now are enjoying uh, every bit of the action that we've been given. Yeah, most people have read up, which is re-upped, which has been cool, or extended to like six months if they got a, a month. Because I mean, 
the price as we have it right now is just we wanted to make it affordable and you were like costco you you buy in bulk right <laughs> that's right yeah. But you buy, you're getting profit on the, on the side, believe sure. me. That's true. It's worked out and we're transparent. There's a, there's a link you can click if you want to know exactly where we're at. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, you know, I'm not hiding my totals. I put them on Twitter too. So my so, personal ones and then Oddsfellow has his when he hits. So yeah. sometimes I'm on, sometimes he's off and vice versa. So it, it, it works out well. Overall, if you follow every single pick more often than not, there's plus units in here and follow and follow the dad bods Twitter. Cause that's where we're doing recaps um, for the whole crew. Um, and if you want to see how we're doing each day and then we'll probably recap after the month or something for the month and just try to keep it in front of you guys. But um, either way, we're just, we're just, we're just having fun throwing out picks, a lot of research, but uh, there's three of us and you don't have to play all three, but you can see which ones you like and, if we if we align on some, you know it's probably a pretty good play. Like the White Sox today, me and Guns had that, and that was a double winner. So when uh, that happens a lot of time with you guys too, with your MLB picks, got a double rainbow. Ooh, a double rainbow! The guy's dead, by the way. No, why do you keep doing this to me? First, <laughs> pour one out for the homie. R.I.P. Speaking R.I.P. of fun, should we kick it over to our little guest spot? Did anyone yes. guess? We, we were trying to do a little promo. Oh, yeah. Well, Capper's, think, collective, Capper's Collective did. Yeah, yeah I think he did a good job. So he gets a free. He gets a free. He can, he can uh, email our picks out to all those people. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, put it in the newsletter. <laughs> so nobody nobody gets a free. Um, nobody gets a free a free deal, but that's okay. That's right. I'm um, cooking up a special one. One team more. I haven't even told you guys. Put my producer Ooh. hat on. Ooh, let's fucking go. Yeah, we have a special guest. Yeah. And special guest. Are you going to stick around, Guns, or are you going to take this one off? No, I'm here, man. No, I'm right. here, man. All right, right. and we, we might even have the intern hop in as well. He does have the link, and uh, who knows what's going to happen, so you never know there. What do you think? Toss See it on you. the shark? See you on the other side. Let's toss it into the waters. What's up, everybody? Thanks for sticking around after the break. Hopefully you heard a great little promo that we cut in there and stuck it in there for you. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at Punisher Picks right now. He's trying to figure out what we're going to put in there as we speak. Bad edit, bad what am I supposed to do? Okay. But we are right. back with our featured guest. We teased it a little bit on the Twitter sphere. We're going to talk NBA. I'm sure we'll get into some other sports because we're down in the nitty gritty. But it's Sharky Waters Nation at Sharks and Sports on Twitter one half of the J money combo dropping almost daily NBA content, NBA free winners. Uh, Sharky brother. It is good to see you. It's been a, a little while since we had you on the pot. Back to our roots, right? I mean, this Original feels like old team. times a little bit. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And we were saying it off the record and we, well, should bring it to the record. Uh, we all became a lot sharper and better people when we first started getting together last summer. I think the we, we said it before, but the introductory podcast was actually pr- uh, prognosticating bubble NBA playoffs last year, and uh, we talked about the Celtics, we talked about the Lakers, and of course centering on the Celtics, they did just hire Ime Udoka. Shout out to the Spurs, Greg Popovich. Politics aside, left, right, center. Solid what do you? Human what do you or, yeah. And, so what do you think about what do you think about that hire? I did part of me. I thought Carlisle was going to go there. Did anybody else think that? Or was you know that why Carlisle me? would never go there, and I would love to hear Sharky's take on this because he'd be Brad Stevens would be his boss and there's zero shot Rick Carlisle and his championship ring would go take orders from Brad Stevens in my opinion yeah that's actually a really good that's an interesting dynamic point where you have to ask yourself is Brad Stevens going to be a pseudo coach I mean is he actually the GM or is he the overseer sort of like a Pat Riley running the show behind the scenes and, you know, I've said it for weeks. I, I didn't think it was as bad as it probably got to the point of being, but the guy really is not a particularly inspiring guy in the locker room. And I think right. he lost that group. So then you ask yourself a question, you know, going forward in, as a GM role, you know, is he going to take a step back and let the coach actually coach? Because that's what the coach is supposed to do. That was what his fault point was, you know? How many coaches, so- how many coaches, and then I'll let Guns talk because he's a Celtics fan and he'll have a good take on this. <laughs> How many coaches go from coach to GM this young? I mean, it's like 
not very many. It's usually coaches when they retire become a GM, not when they're like in their 30s. Larry it, Bird it just doesn't make a whole lot a of sense. Bit. Kevin McHale bounced back and forth a little bit, but a lot of them were older. You know? Phil Jackson. Yeah, yeah I mean, Phil Jackson, Pat Riley. I mean, guys like that. It just it seems odd. It does. It seems dysfunctional to me, looking at it from the outside in. But let's let the Celtics fan talk because he's they've, they've got a lot of work to do. They're retooling. They got all right. Four so this, back. This goes back, and I'm putting you on the spot, Shark. Is you said, and it was clipped, and I quote on the dad bods. <laughs> you said Brad Stevens <laughs> is not is not a leader of men. So he goes from the coaching aspect and goes into the presidential aspect. He's not, and takes over Danny Ainge's role. So from that point, do you think Brad Stevens can be successful as an executive versus trying to be a quote unquote leader of men down on the floor? Is, is that a better position for him versus being a coach? Uh, it's kind of a multifaceted question because I do think that, you know, obviously looking from above and not really being hands-on in the locker room, you still have to have an awareness of people and general psychology uh, to know who to put together. Um, but then you go back to what he did in college. He obviously was able to recruit effectively and inspire. So at that point, you ask yourself, what's really the issue here? It might actually be just the demographic that he's being asked to inspire. There are a lot of guys that can't coach professional athletes and it's a lot of different dynamics. And there's a lot of guys that are really great college coaches. And I think really when you draw back on that, I think Brad Stevens really does function well. I think he maybe is a better personality manager than I was willing to give him credit for, but I think he's in the wrong demographic. So you put him in the front office. He's not obviously down in the locker room on a day-to-day basis, which is the inspiration. It is the on-court uh, fluidity of the product, which is actually what the Celtics problem was this year. Just huge droughts and gaps and inability to inspire in 12-minute windows. So that will improve. And I think taking him outside of that, he could succeed a little bit more because he now actually is looking at more of like a recruitment standpoint, which is similar to recruiting guys out of high school and put on a college floor. And you've seen some solid moves already. Uh, I really like what he did with Kemba Walker. We were saying that all year. That Kemba was just actually just outside of the, the, the arc, the championship arc. He's 30 years old. Uh, Jason Tatum's 33. It's deceiving. Kemba looks younger, but he's a little bit older. And I'm moving Al Horford back in there. Well, he's a four-year college guy, right, which, which yeah. also makes a difference. He hadn't been in the league. Um, I agree with that take. I think that, obviously, Brad Stevens, we all see him as a cerebral guy. And you want to compare him to, like, a Sam Presti type GM who might not might be better fit for that role but I mean how hard is it to be an NBA GM honestly it's you're just I mean you see, all uh, the work's Darryl, done for you like what do you really have to do I don't I, I well don't, one of the things just, that's super difficult and it's I mean we're not stating anything that's fuck Daryl we're not saying anything that's ultra obvious here but unless you are gift wrapped a top five pick and take it one step further gift wrapped a top five pick but gift wrapped a good draft it is actually difficult to put a consistent product on the floor because the NBA is the most top heavy personnel sport on the entire planet. Basically. I mean, outside of like professional tennis or golf, where it is you versus you and them, but actually team sports. I mean, the best players in the league control the entire product and that is very easy to draft, but that's a lot of luck. You know, you stumble into those players because you just happen to be really bad in the season right before they come into the draft. Uh, so I do that's what I'm saying. If, if it involves luck, I'm then how hard is it? I'm everybody else to maintain a sustainable product. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah for a small I, market team, I, yeah, I, it, is, I, I it is more difficult to, to manage money differently. I personally yeah, think I that Kemba was getting paid way too much. Mm-hmm. And they need to get rid of that salary to make moves in the free agency. But everybody's getting paid sure, too much sure. right now. But, it's but for, for his it's, age, he was getting paid too much what he was earning. So in order to <laughs> dump his contract, they had to actually give up a first round pick to do that. And they, he was willing to do that. And he basically said, he's like, why'd you make that move to that level? He's like, well, I'm centering the team around Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Those are the, those are the two centerpieces to that team. So. Hey there guys. Uh, first time, long time, Patty J lockbets.net. Just calling in right now for, I have a question for the shark master himself. Oh, uh, big question here uh, that's been looming in my head personally is, 
if you're a star player, you are a multi, multi, you know, maybe potentially billion dollar athlete with endorsements and whatnot. What city is going to attract you the most? What factors are going into that? And just tell me briefly, if you are that max contract player, where am I going? Why am I going? And where am I getting dinner the first night? I'll hang up and listen. Well, it's a great question. And um, obviously kind of taking it off the court of basketball. Because I mean, I think obviously the demographic of the player and the mental makeup of the player makes a huge difference. You look at a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, he didn't want to get anywhere out of Milwaukee. I mean, he could care less. And then you get certain superstars that want to go to a big city. Dwight Howard was one. Kevin Durant. No, Kevin Durant's not a glamorous guy. He just wanted to win a title. Uh, Golden State, San Francisco, he's not hanging out with Mark Zuckerberg up there in Silicon Valley drinking red wine. Uh, He came there because they had the best basketball team on the planet, period. If that happened to be in Nova Scotia, Canada, he would have gone to Nova Scotia. He was was title chasing, period. But in terms of uh, Patty J, the man, lockbets.net, not.com, god damn it. Um, Per per the the second level of play. It was Pat from from, uh, They do it as a secondary point. Am I... What, what city? What city? No, no, you have to finish. You have to finish. Well, I'm, I, I I'm want, sorry. Pat from Secaucus. Uh, Go ahead. Pat from Secaucus, a patient listener, and we appreciate him very much. Um, you know, obviously, shout out to New York City, big time. Miami, Chicago. And, uh, you know, I think Chicago is a very underrated one. I've said it numerous times. Chicago is a great city. You get the med- Midwestern dynamic, a little more relaxed restaurant scene, highly underrated. Uh, Chicago actually perennially rated strong city in the country over new york over la uh, i think la is obviously very niche i think it's obviously hollywood driven uh kobe was not drafted they were drafted by charlotte but he played his whole career there and i do think you know if kobe had not been put there originally uh maybe he would have not selected it but um i don't know it's a tough question patty j what do you think my question though is like if you have the pick of the litter if, the, if max contracts are a thing for NBA, NBA solely. And if 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 ten percent of the pay, player pool that are max contract players, what's going in their mindset? What is going in on their short term goals, long term goals? I just think like if I'm if I'm like the best player in the world, I understand I'm going to make a max contract. But in the NBA, it seems like you can be in the top ten percent and make a max contract. And mm-hmm. if you want serenity for your family. If you want to go to a nice lake, you want to go to a nice uh, uh, body of water, maybe you go there just for serenity, for, for your family's sake. But I guess my question was, Sharky Waters is a max player contract. Where are you oh, going man. and why? Oh, well, again, all right. Well, two prong. One, Manhattan, New York. I was born there. I love it. The energy is unparalleled. Um, but in terms of the serenity that you're talking about, um, you know, one place that – it is unfortunate not to have an NBA team right now, but Vancouver, when Vancouver had the Grizzlies up there, of oh, incredible. Yeah. I've never been. I really it thought you were going to say Seattle and, and really cuck me there, Shark. So thank you. I think I, I, I'm glad you did. I, I'm so not thank sure you. Sharks thank uh, you for that. survive in the rain, and I, I don't think Sharky would do well in Seattle just for the record. Uh, Judge, please mark that for the record. Keep going, though, Shark. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, don't be sorry. Um, but no, I without going too much further, I think Vancouver is a great example. I mean, Vancouver, I remember when they had the Olympics up there, actually. Um, It's just gorgeous. It's on the water, the mountains, beautiful little, uh, you know, metropolitan skyline background right there. And uh, I don't know much about it, but I just geographically think it'd be a great place to be a pro athlete. Just gets colder and shit, which I don't think many people like, but um, maybe your Spurs is a good landing spot for you, Shark, your hat. And everything else, but all right. Th- thanks, to- Sharky, for answering my uh, my uh, my question. I, I just wanted to get deep deep into the psychology of things because uh, uh, for myself, I'm just not a huge basketball guy. So I, I just want to know what these guys like Mike Conley are thinking when they're getting these max contracts and why are they going there? Who they're going to hang out with? You know, what's their reasoning? So I think I think Walk, you I think. I think they are going to where they get paid and when they can win. I don't think it matters. Yeah, but I'm saying if every if every fucking team is offering a max contract, why you go to the place you're going to win, where you can win, ring chasing, unless yeah, unless you're unless you don't care about winning and you just want to get paid and you want to score like Russell Westbrook or something. 
But I mean, not that he would do that, but like he he would rather just put up triple doubles on the Wizards and never make the playoffs probably and be okay with that. I mean, I mean, what are, what are the what are the ramifications of going to a New York based team compared to a smaller market team? I mean, it's got to be like close to I don't know fifty million dollars if you're a star player, max contract. Uh, I'll hang up and listen. Well, it's a lot of state income tax as well. I mean, that makes a big deal for those guys. So you want to see they're going to be yeah, signing I, in you know no state this, income tax states like Texas. This particular generation, I mean, has, has title chased harder than any generation prior. I mean, most of these free agent moves have not been because of lifestyle choice at all. They're trying to line up for a title, period. And, you know, as we said, it's easier to title chase in the NBA because all you need to do is get the three best players and you can just run. You know, you think about the NFL, you can't do that. You need, you need 53 men, you need a good coach, you need a good scheme on three sides of the ball. And, you know, We're with talking. basketball, that's all they're doing. The, the lifestyle stuff off the court is very secondary. And honestly, only the only guys who really lifestyle chase off the court are guys who are fairly irrelevant, I would say. You know, you go we back have, even have, years, just guys that were just like pretty like, worst generation of, of Chris Paul. Chris Paul, real quick. Chris Paul and the Suns making a making a championship push. What's your thoughts on Chris Paul, Sharky? Oh, well documented. I think Chris Paul is one of, if not the most cerebral minds in the entire league. I mean, I think he's been very underrated most of his career. Obviously, he came out in a very similar window as uh, LeBron and D Wade and Carmelo. Um, but he was also the same age, which was mildly deceiving since they came out of high school in one year. He stayed at Wake Forest for, I think, three, maybe two, three, something like that. He came out mm-hmm. in 05. They'd already been in the league for two years. So I think even myself at that point, uh, um, I was thinking he was a little bit younger. He's not. And uh, yeah. he's super sharp. I mean, you see him. He's just a great psychological mind. And, you know, one point on that, go back to the Clippers disasters, interestingly enough. I think that was more so on Blake Griffin's ego just getting in the way because Chris Paul is not a tyrant by any means in any way. He just wants yeah. to put the best product on the court. If people are beefing with him, I think that's their own fault, really. What do you think about these final four teams that are left? Obviously, there's less games to break down, less teams to break down, but I know you're on the Hawks tonight. We're recording this on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Hawks mm-hmm. and Bucks in a fourth quarter battle as we speak. But where and the odds you, fellow has jinxed has jinxed Middleton the box, by the way and, and Chris Middleton oh for six from three good job you, you've given the mince jinx yeah. to <laughs> where where are you no, laying I, things out with how you think these four are going to unfold I think Milwaukee wins a series in six or seven and I think Phoenix wins in five uh, one thing that people are really just not crediting enough and obviously going back to what Locke was talking about uh, Chris Paul makes this team just a higher level. And there's just no way around it. Uh, the fact that they almost lost the last game, I think, was more representative of a lack of ability to close without that leadership in the last two minutes in the huddle uh, because they were in control of that game. And if you really look at what happened in the Lakers series when Chris Paul didn't play, uh, they didn't even come close to winning the game. They got actually beat down twice by, by double digits and nine points. Uh, so when you look at what happened the previous two games against the Clippers, again, this is the conference finals. And if you subtract Chris Paul expecting a very similar average and they still handle them effectively, I mean, of course they did need a buzzer beater to get, but they were in control for 98% of that game. That's completely different to what they did against the Lakers without Chris Paul. So I think you insert Chris Paul here. And of course the COVID protocols thing, to be honest, I think was a total load of trash because I mean, this guy is not sick. He's been, he has the vaccine, right? Yeah. Like this is outrageous. They just pull him out of two games in the playoffs. I mean, don't get me started there, but anyway, he's back game three. Uh, I'll be taking Phoenix tomorrow night, actually, against the spread. I think it's a good spot. And I think people are just – I think I think people are just, for whatever reason, I don't know why, fools gold in the Clippers all year. Like, when the Clippers beat the Jazz, everybody, everybody that had the Clippers, right, they were so quick to tell you Kawhi Leonard was out, we still beat him. But they just completely failed to say that Donovan Mitchell was like 50% of himself, and he was still dropping 28, 30 points mm-hmm. a night. And it's just – it, it was also a worse matchup. Rudy – Rudy couldn't hang with that small ball lineup that they were throwing around. It was a real problem. DeAndre Ayton is moving a lot better on the mm-hmm. offensive end and on the defensive end compared to, to Rudy, which is no knock on Rudy. He's the defensive player of the year for a reason. Yeah, Rudy I mean, I, comes I, out. regarding Rudy on that, you know, it's crazy to say because, I mean, he's defensive player of the year three times over, but I mean, it looked like his fitness was failing. Yeah. He was sucking wind hard. In the third quarter in games, uh, was it game five or six at Clippers when the Clippers came out and blew the doors off in the third quarter? Uh, Rudy Gobert looked like he was about to puke on the court, and that was purely just fairness. I couldn't believe it. Really, I couldn't believe it. I believe the. I felt so bad. I really, I felt so. I felt so bad for Rudy Gobert too. I mean, he's such a great guy. All right, back to you guys. 
great combat. I mean, that was just absolutely insightful. I mean, beautiful. But um, no, he started. Never, the, he started this whole mess. No, I know. I think the, the, the crazy thing about that is, you know, you got to give him a little bit of a break. He didn't. He had no idea what he was talking about, of course. Right. But, but, um, but no, he's a great dude. I mean, obviously, part of the reason why Utah made it as far as they did is not the fact that they were just shooting three pointers at a you know lightning bolt rate, but it was the fact that they are a bunch of great dudes. Like, really, those guys are professionals at the core. Uh, every single one of them. And going back to what Locke was talking about, you know, Mike Conley signing there. Mike Conley signed there because he knew he was going to a really good group. And and they were the only ones that would yeah. pay him. Yeah, yeah. Lockbets has the best also, questions. I think that's. I think that much is clear. Uh, one question for the group here. I, 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 I'm going to say it in the words of Sharky Waters. Out of that draft class, you had Chris Bosh, you had LeBron James, you had Dwayne Wade. You had a, a man by the name – was it Jawan Howard? No, it was not Jawan Howard. It was uh, – Jawan Man. It was Jawan No, no. Anyways, anyways you had a great – Darko? Are we going Darko? Josh Howard? Darko Miller. Josh Howard. Josh, Josh Howard. Josh Dallas. Howard. Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Dallas. He was a bust, obviously. But, I mean, the, the, the blatant disrespect – I am a I am a fair weathered NBA fan. Intern.net, lockbets.net, not.com. God damn it. Has been a fair weathered NBA fan. And I only follow content from you guys, but one guy that has remained true to my dichotomy, whatever word you want to hear, is Chris Paul has bounced around from town to town and town and coach to coach to coach and one thing i want to bring up is the blatant disrespect on the name of cp3 that's all i'm gonna hang up and listen that's i don't know if that's a question that was a statement <laughs> and one with provocative authority Love it. maybe and- shark maybe sharky can shed some light and maybe maybe the odds fellow can as well and i'll kind of form a question for him but why does Chris Paul, why is he moving around so often? Is it, a dura, is it durability? Is it his, his need to coach on the court and overtake the coach on the bench? Thank you, Paul. Um, that was the question I was looking for. Thank you, Paul. Stole the words from my mouth. Because it seems like he makes every team that he's on better. So I don't know why yeah. he wouldn't stick around with one longer um, this late in his career. Maybe it just hasn't worked out, but maybe well, that's a good question. So Clippers, as we stated before, were just too young, unfortunately. They were all under 27 and just ego. Even DeAndre Jordan, he's a very relaxed dude. Uh, he's more than chill. But if you put a more than chill dude in with Chris Paul and then Blake Griffin clashing, they don't react well. They need to be brought up. And I think that Chris Paul could have coached DeAndre Jordan fantastically well. I think Blake Griffin was really the enigma that got in the way of that. And then, of course, he moved to, to Houston because it was just over. I mean, there's just no way around it. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. It was just over. You know, it wasn't because they were tyrannical or they, you know, did anything terribly wrong. It was just the, the group had, was capped in that generation. And um, then as he's moved around a little bit, I don't think it's as much as people would say. Because when he went to uh, Oklahoma City, I think that was more of a reaction to the fact that Houston knew it was over. And they knew they were probably moving on from James Harden. James Harden had failed in the playoffs numerous times. Of course, it took another 18 months to get there. But, I mean, these guys talk about this on a daily basis. You know, they're sitting there like, this is probably not going to work out. And so they try to get some return for CP3, some young guys, which they did. And then when he's with Oklahoma City, I think he moved on because clearly he's not sitting there with a G League roster just coasting his career out. So we moved on. A lot of people were surprised that he even stuck around that. I was, yeah. I I, I was surprised, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm a fair-weathered basketball fan, though. Remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Thanks for for, – clarifying but so, um, so one thing i wanted to make sure we asked pun about was the lottery as an oklahoma city thunder fan and a oklahoma state basketball fan so the detroit pistons win the uh cade cunningham lottery i want to um, formally apologize to cade for having to go to detroit yeah uh, it's going to be a rough it's going to be a rough rookie contract before you go somewhere else is what it's going to be yeah although although let me just interject uh, Detroit is building a nice little group up there. Yeah, some young so, players. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be just moving on. I mean, you got to remember, Detroit is a basketball town. Uh, the Motor yeah. City, man. I mean, the history behind this franchise. Detroit's is not good at anything they, in any sport. 
They're actually so good at basketball. Going back to basketball. my last Wait, going Detroit yeah. Mercy. Detroit Mercy can play. I don't know about the Pistons. They share going colors. back to the last time I was an NBA fan, it was the the heyday of the Pistons. We're talking about Ben Wallace. Malice in the Palace. Rashid Wallace. We're talking oh. about Coach uh, Larry Brown. I we thought for a second about, you were going back to Isaiah um, and Joe and Lanier. That was the heyday. Bad boy. You, exactly. you were just a little <laughs> too young. I was Rick Moore. Bill Lambier. I am sorry. The intern.net market. I was not born yet. Um, breaking news. Trey Young just, just drove in for a layup on the right side of the glass. Acted like he was going to shoot a floater. Hit it off the backboard and Collins dunked it in a game. Well, so. I just took I just took the Hawks plus one hundred and eight for a hundred dollars. Are they doing are the Hawks, all right? Are the Hawks the real deal? What's going on with this team? Did oh, anybody that's see this a good coming? Question. I, I mean, what are we doing with Trey Young? By the way, his hair stinks. And yes, 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 odds fellow, I'm mad about the draft, the lottery pick, but I think the Thunder can maybe trade thirty picks to get up to number one. Seems like that's what Presty wants. Like, it, like you said, you said basically Bucks and six or seven. I mean, these Hawks. I mean, they're they're almost like bubble heat problem. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Well, I think that bubble heat is a little bit of a reach because it was obviously almost like a fake environment for pro basketball there. Um, this is, I think, a team that has immense upside going forward the next ten years. I think this is going to be Hawks, Memphis, uh, a couple other teams, Phoenix. Obviously, CP3 won't be there to, to guide them, and he's not, you know, the training wheels. Oklahoma here. City for sure. But um, Oklahoma City could get back. I mean, oh, they they'll have, be back. They have th- yeah. they have too many picks not to be. But they're it's yeah. going to be five years. But, but if you look at the depth to Atlanta's roster, I mean, they're absolutely littered with blue chip prospects under twenty five. And they play like a team. That's the one thing I've noticed. Do you yeah. notice that as well, Sharky? When you and watch now them? that you got Nate McMillan, who clearly has a great, great oh, grip over their mental makeup. Yes. I mean, it's incredible to watch. I, like I love that. Like where you see. I mean, before before McMillan got in there this year. I mean, they were terrible. But the, the other thing I'll point out, I, I, really I want to give I want to yeah. give him credit because he deserves credit. And I think, yeah. like they were really bad. I mean, they were they were blowing leads left and right. I think I did it for one of the other podcasts. They had, they had like eleven blown fourth quarter leads or something. Like he completely what? changed another podcast. Dynamic. What? Oh, sorry. Shout out the old man bets. But um, <laughs> the other she's but. Uh, but the one thing I wanted to bring Too up: too many was damn cheesebies. Bogdanovich came came into that lineup, got healthy, and started becoming a part of that offense around the same time that make, that they made the coaching move. So, like, there's a lot that that Bogdanovich has unlocked with the way that offense runs, not running purely through Trey. And like, granted, in the playoffs, that's that shifted a little bit because he's been shooting so poorly. But he's still a big cog for facilitation, and and needs a lot of that credit on what they've done for this turnaround. Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I was talking about that um, the other day with Jay, where he's obviously only played a small window in his career, but, I mean, he was stuck out in Sacramento, so nobody knew who he was. He was and, supposed to be a buck. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even know that. Good point. But, um, you know, another guy who I think is kind of in the same environment where you don't know where the Kings are going right now. I mean, again, a team that's, like, littered with blue chip. I thought know, that, this, that Kings team mirrors this team on paper. Yeah. I agree. I think the Kings with a coaching change could see a huge jolt, huge Although that locker room gap, I thought was really disturbing. And they talked about that Marvin Bagley not getting along with De'Aaron Fox at all. Um, dads, was, right? Like, like the parents biting or something. Yeah. On Twitter, they got involved. And again, it's like that's like that's childish. I mean, guys, you're pro athletes. Don't have your parents. Good coach. Good coach can figure that out. Yeah, I, I would, I would think. But you know, I'm only worried that if it's a personal thing, you know, like the best coach in the world can't uproot two guys that are like mortal enemies. Yeah, and the know. major and the major difference between the Hawks and the Kings, although they have a lot of parallels, is the East and the West. It's just a different. True. Yeah. True. Right. It's a although, different landscape. Although I do think the West is kind of open now. I mean, we've been talking about this for the last six months on the show with Jay, with uh, Jay Money, but the West, the older guard is kind of turned over a little bit. Uh, LeBron, I mean, he's going to turn thirty-seven years old this year. NBA mm-hmm. players are not Tom Brady, you know, at forty-four standing in the pocket. They have to run up and down the court for 40 minutes. And it's just, it's well, LeBron doesn't really run half the time, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, LeBron, I'm not going to ever throw shade. LeBron. No, 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 no. It's clear. Yeah. It's clearly KD's league now. It's clearly KD. Yeah, and LeBron and, too. And also going to the other side of it, the Warriors next year, you know, Clay Thompson will be back. And 
I don't know. I think that's one of the more interesting stories going into next year where the Warriors will go. I think they could easily flirt with like a proceed. And well, they I have like the, the well, they have like the number they have the number seven pick or something, right? Isn't that right? Hold on, I think it's six. It might be six. six. No, Thunder got six. Thunder right. got six. And they and you know honestly they selected James Wiseman this year, which was a great selection. Mm-hmm. Not only do they need a big, but he's also a very un- unassuming like professional kid. Where if you're gonna stick a kid in with you know three time champs Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and, and uh, you know Clay Thompson, you need a dude who's gonna actually like respect that. Like if you brought in some young punk, I mean, and there's not actually, you know, you got to give a shout out to just kids in general. You know, having seen the last few drafts, these kids, they come from better families now. Like there's not a lot of like young assholes in the draft anymore. Like I remember going back to like the Darius Miles days, Eddie, like you got guys with like bad character coming into the draft. And um, I just think in general, the Warriors have huge upside next year with that pick Wiseman. And of course the core three coming back. And I think it's going to be fascinating next year in the playoffs because you get that old guard, with that group facing off against like this Suns team, the Memphis team. I mean, it's going to be some scintillating uh, professional basketball in the playoffs. And yeah, they, are, they are seven and 14. So they have two technical lottery picks. The seventh pick is the one from the T-Wolves. Yeah. I'm going back to your, your thing about the better, the better young guys that are going in. The, they're more, they're ready to be in the NBA. The one and done the, you, you have to go to college first and those bad guys get weeded out in college. Now right. they don't just go straight to the NBA and you don't have some, some guy that probably shouldn't be a lottery guy. Um, kind of, you kind of got to follow some rules in college first and prove yourself there a little bit, at least yeah, uh, and like also, mentally. Also the scouting, is, the scouting goes so much deeper nowadays. Yeah. I mean, kids are getting scouted like when they're like eight, nine years old. And I feel like these scouts just have like a really good feel for the family background and the mental makeup of these kids where, you know, again, you go back to like that generation. I think one of the, one of the biggest like black holes in NBA history, um, of course, you know, Life has just logged off the air. I mean, I was born in 1985 alongside Punisher Picks himself. And, uh, you know, in our, in our life, the biggest black hole for me was after 2004. After the Lakers had won a couple of titles, Jordan was gone. The 90s were incredible basketball. Kobe and Shaq had a 3 P, And then all of a sudden it hit this kind of dead zone where it was the Spurs who honestly were a great team, but they weren't particularly entertaining to watch. They didn't have a lot of stars that connected a lot of foreign guys. Tim Duncan being one of the most unassuming uh, big men, top guys of all time. Mm-hmm. And then all the competitors, like we talked about the Detroit Pistons group. They weren't, again, attracting a huge viewership. And then it just went through. LeBron James got swept in the finals by the Spurs. Then you had, you know, it kind of rebooted with Kobe's second win. But between like 2003 and 2008, nine, I mean, that was a real dead zone for the NBA. Coincidentally, uh, some JK net successes sprinkled in there. Oh, those nets. <laughs> yeah, two title runs, right? Yeah, yeah, but it was kind of right on the like oh, they, they ran into the Lakers I, I, and the Spurs, so they ran into the back end of right when that started. I also I wasn't I wasn't here last week, so I want to also formally apologize to you about your Nets loss. I know that so hurts. Tough. So tough. Um, it felt like you'd already won the title before the playoffs started, which makes it even worse. That means you knew the end was coming. Um, it is yeah, good. They'll come back. Good, I think the adversity. Good news. None of those guys are injury prone. I'm sure you'll be back next year. I mean, a good question for Ant. What do you think would have happened if they had their full squad without injuries? Sweep City. I think they roll through. To be honest yeah. with you, hmm. I think the the Bucks, Sixers, and Clippers were matchups that worried me because of the defenses. Um, but the way they looked against some of those Bucks teams made it pretty clear that like. Drew Holiday, you know, they were rolling. I didn't think they'd match up against the Suns, though. I didn't think the – I think they ultimately would have been okay. Um, well, how they would have been they, fine. Did they ever play all together for more than, like, four or five games in a row? So they played eight games in the regular season, which none of those were in a row. It was eight or nine. That's what and I then, felt like. There was, like, no actual continuity. And then the, play, the, the continuity would have came in the first round. So you got all five against Boston, and then it was, what, 30 seconds into – game one against the Bucks that Harden goes out the surprising the most surprising thing to me I think was the way they looked with just KD and Kyrie I didn't see that coming for games two and three how good know, they before the injury how good they looked yeah I think it always goes back to Kyrie I mean Kyrie is a very underrated superstar I mean he gets so much shade from the media who just want to rip him for being like politically right. oriented and like emotional but I mean that dude when you get him on the court I mean he can run by anybody in the league period um, I mean, you know, people will say, it. I mean, it's not wrong to say that he got LeBron that title. If he doesn't hit that step back three, they don't win that title. 
Nope, 100%. Nope. No, he's elite. He's an elite playmaker. He's an elite player. He just has kind of, I don't know, he's sometimes a little bit bit weird. He's just weird. I mean, look, a lot of people are saying saying he rolled that ankle because he stepped on a leprechaun. (laughs) It was a different ankle. It was the other, other angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but before we jump, I know we want to talk a little bit about a couple other sports. Maybe get into a little football, college football, NFL offseason talk. I mean, besides we got the playoffs cooking right now, Shark. But anything you are like, give me one storyline, one big thing you're you're excited about in the NBA offseason, like something that's going to happen after these playoffs. Good question. I haven't really gotten into a lot of detail because we're so focused on the playoffs right now. But I do think um, just even going forward, I'm really curious to see what happens with New Orleans. Obviously, they fired Stan Van Gundy. Yeah, that's a great storyline. Yeah. Yeah. And Zion, having made some very peripheral, you know, comments about wanting to not necessarily leave, but just where he likes to play, New York City, blah, blah. And he was, um, he was very effusive there. He didn't have to be as effusive as he was. And um, just that group in general, I mean, they underachieved like crazy this year. It was pretty pathetic to watch. I mean, we talked about that very regularly where New Orleans went with that group. When they really put their A game on the floor, they could compete with anybody in the league. And then they would just lose like five or six games in a row. And it's just the coaching was so disconnected there. And I think that there's, I mean, obviously there was 10 coaching vacancies in the league uh, as of, you know, yesterday. And I think that those 10 hires, obviously there's some more noteworthy than others. Some of them are going to be incredibly intriguing to see the jolt in the product from these groups. Yeah, no, that's a great one. I, remember, I mean, I remember back, it wasn't that long ago. I think it was late in the season. I think you and I were both on the Pelicans against the Knicks. You, maybe you were on the other side. Just like a melt again in the fourth quarter, like roughly mm-hmm. back to the Hawks and stuff like that. They couldn't finish games. Yeah. The offense would go stagnant. I mean, and if you look at Zion's stats, I was just checking to see if he made all NBA. I thought for some reason he snuck onto the third team, but like he was right on the cusp of being an all-NBA player on a trash team. Yeah, no, and they were only good at home. I mean, really, most of their big efforts came at home. And as you said, on the road, they were just a melt factory. They just could not finish a game. And I think that, that game at the Knicks, they lost in overtime by, what, like 10 points or something? And yeah. uh, all of their – every single one of their buy spots the whole season were home games against contenders. That was it. They beat they the Clippers. They beat the Warriors. I mean, it, the list goes on, really. Yeah. I can't think of any big free agents that are coming up. Do you know guns? Do you have any idea of any big free agents that are, I, I, nobody comes to mind. Lillard I think, within a year or two, right? Or no? Yeah. He's staying, I think. Um, but there's. Usually, usually at this point, if, if somebody's on the back end of their contract, they're either going to extend or they're looking to trade them out. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's weird how the NBA works in that way. And, uh, I guess from a transition standpoint, I, I kind of want to ask this question because uh, I know, you know, sh- you know, Shark, we've talked here and there about college football, but and I know we haven't discussed this on the podcast yet, but I want to get your opinion on uh, the expansion of the college football playoff from a four to a what is it a twelve? Oh yeah. Um, do you think that is going to benefit college football or do you think that is going to be, uh, more of a detriment to the expansion of the market of college football? I think actually as a fan, and I got to admit, you know, there's a huge difference between being punt picks in Oklahoma who goes to a big 12 school and lives, breathes and dies just since he's three years old. And growing up in Manhattan and college football being a very loose thing. I mean, we have Rutgers and UConn, and they've been horrible. They've gotten better. But we're looking at this very unbiased, if I had to make the very peripheral preliminary comment. Um, so without any bias, I think that any sport benefits from a better playoff system where you give teams the ability who are showing signs at the end of a campaign in the regular season to continue that run of the playoffs. I mean, I think the perfect example of this is the NFL playoffs. Uh, the Giants don't win either of those Super Bowls if it's not if there's BCS in the NFL or there's like a four game playing, you know. And I think that in terms of college football itself, I think just as much as with college basketball, the depth of the talent is a lot better now. I mean, Guns, you and I have talked about this not in immense detail, but a lot of the great betting spots in these are these small conference games, and it's not because 
they're terrible. It's actually because they're pretty damn good and you can predict their outcomes reasonably well. And there's just a lot more depth and talent. And I think this is just what we're seeing. You know, I've seen it every sport. Depth and talent coming to youth ranks is huge. So giving a credential to that is actually giving a little bit more depth to the playoffs. And I don't think it's a huge reach to add one extra week to the playoffs. Like, it's not like we're going to the 64 team bracket here and cutting half the regular season. So I like it. I, I think it also uh, cuts out the opt out of a lot of teams because like the bowl you, season you, bullshit, especially with bowl season. If you're not playing for an actual championship, like you saw with Florida, um, you saw with other teams, they they basically, you know, I'm going to save myself for the NFL. If if you actually have some motivation behind a certain play and I, I think I just saw something that happened with um, the agreement to have uh, players uh, monetize on their names. Did you see that? There, there was an article that got accepted about that. I don't know if there's any truth to that or not, but um, I think th- that's going to get passed through as well. So actually college players can monetize. I, I, on- I actually think I saw that. I think the, the lead congressman on that one was, uh, Congressman Manziel from the Southern District of Texas. Uh, can you confirm that one? Intern. Intern. Check that. Two, two, two. Yeah, so I, I think that there is some. Oh, actual, what was the question? I, I think again? it was Congressman Manziel. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is right. Yeah. That uh, rings the bell. I think he's from the, he's from the fourth district of Southern Texas. <laughs> He's from the uh, Texas team that acts like they win, but they never do. Great backyard uh, football player. But I, I think um, the motivation factor is they're trying to deviate from having guys opt out of uh, major market bowls with major sponsors uh, backing behind it. And I, I think it's a good thing, it, especially it gives uh, – it expands the debate a little bit. I think there there will always be a debate on who deserves to be in the twelve, but it, it eliminates the four. The, is it, you know, is it like, still the same um, committee is deciding it? Just more teams. I, I haven't heard anything about the changes to the committee, but I think it also puts. Notre Dame in a, in a in a position where they have to pretty much have to join a conference, which I thought that was interesting too. It's like you're doesn't matter if you're a three, uh, one, two, three, or four, you're never getting a buy. Yeah, guns, guns. Quick, quick question. Uh, I'll hang up and listen after this. Um, just from an onlooker's perspective, would you say that Notre Dame ruined college football forever? because of their uh, appearance versus Alabama in, what was that, 2012? Uh, would you say that the reason why the playoff is in place right now is because of a horribly ranked Notre Dame opponent versus Alabama? I'm going to hang up and listen. Do you think any other team would have be, been dominating Alabama any year that they've ever faced? By the way, every time Notre Dame was in the playoff, they were the best competition that they faced. I was just team. asking, do you think it was a coincidence that um, the, the, it's a the yes or no question guys. that Notre Dame it's played Alabama? Not. Notre Dame is college football. They are. Oh, they are. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So so that's our last Alabama? call. That's our last call of the night. That's there are certain the teams that fit the mold of what college football is. I'm not saying Notre Dame is the upper epsilon. I think they're a one B. And then Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio yeah, State are one A. That's it. Everybody else is underneath at this point. I you think Notre Dame even Oklahoma? as tourist destination for college football is absolutely elite. But other than a tourist destination and Brian Kelly's footsteps, I wouldn't even give him breakfast. Guns doesn't Brian? put Oklahoma in that top tier. They won Oklahoma, like national titles. Oklahoma and Notre Dame are one B. Those are in the one B category. You like Oklahoma has gotten into the college football playoff and they've been embarrassed. Yeah. They're same, similar. Same way as Notre Dame has. Yeah. I, I would not serve Notre Dame breakfast the morning after who, who else would deserves to be in there other than Notre Dame in, in Oklahoma. USC. What? Well, I mean, they've won a national title way since I mean, when's the last time Notre USC Dame won a title? 
doesn't have a coach. When's the last time Notre Dame won a Notre title? Dame, Notre Dame is nothing more than a museum. They are a museum of natural history. They're also a museum that wins nine to ten wins they, a year. They, they are win, they so win a, know, they win a national title every fifty every they win one national title every fifty years, basically. They're like well, Michigan. when's Oklahoma's I mean two thousand is Oklahoma winning national championships? Two thousand. I mean, 2000. I have, I have, I have one name for you. I have one name for you. And his name is Jason White. I'm going to hang up and listen. (laughs) Jason White, how is his pro career too? Well, boys, well, we have all, this is a kind of a good preview for our, our uh, college football debates that we're going to have moving forward. Um, We are going to get into it and it's all love. We're just screwing around, but all love. It's going to be a lot of fun because college football is, and the NFL are great to debate. Oh, yeah. um, but we're still in the NBA. We still have Sharky here. And all right, I got one last question before we wrap this thing up. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to see in the NBA Finals? And who do you think will be in the NBA Finals? And is Kawhi going to factor in on that decision or not? And will Kawhi be a Nick next year? And is Notre Dame a top 10 program of all time? Can you rattle those yeah. off in order, please? Yeah. Um, Notre Dame so, men's basketball. Shout out to Pat Connaughton and ooh, uh, Mike, shout out to Mac, Matt, Mike Bray. Mike Bray, he's very, is he very still chill. there? Okay, um, but, always has that scruff. I love that five o'clock oh, yeah. shadow on him. He's just living that college basketball head coach lifestyle. He's just, <laughs> he hasn't made it's all good, always all good, like not a bad day in his life going forward. But, um, no, I mean, in terms of the NBA finals, I'd like to see the Suns and the Bucks. I mean. I just like to see the best product. And I do think the Suns and the Bucks are the best product. And at this point, um, I think that's the direction it's going to go. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, I don't think will come back in any sort of effective way. Um, he was hurt, again, this whole season. Crazy that he came in with a COVID issue. But a lot of these guys actually just got injured, which then you have to ask yourself the question, were they just not in a peak fitness this year? Because uh, there's been so many injuries to principal players. It's just outrageous. Yeah, season, but they're all the but they're all accidental, defense. like an ankle injury. That's not fatigue. No, I'm saying um, that not. All, I was gonna. I was actually just gonna say not the Kyrie Irving injury or whatever. Like I don't know. I just feel like some of them, and even like actually secondarily, like some of the ones that look fluky are still fitness because they're not putting themselves in the position physically yeah. to land right, which is very like core centric or like just endurance centric. Is that but, why? The, is that why the Hawks are beating everybody right now? They're young and and spry and. Full of energy Hawks, on a on a and they didn't play in the bubble last year. I think again the Hawks are just publicly not for people that really don't religiously follow the NBA are incredibly deep and good. Like they are not like in the NBA you never see a New York Giants go eight and eight and back to the Super Bowl. That does not happen in the NBA. Like I'm just saying as like a legitimate fact, and of course that sounds you know you can't just blankly like hot take a fact, but like it doesn't happen in the NBA. You don't just get lucky in the NBA and go on a heater. You have to have the on-court quality and depth to win a title, period. There's never been a luck box title in the history of the league. And so it, if they are going to get there, you can literally just look at the look at the result and say, okay, that's how good they are. Are they it, also but, maybe playing on a like a nothing to lose type of basis yes, as well? Yes, absolutely. I said that before tonight's game. I said that Milwaukee coming into this game, Milwaukee had – people want, are not really, really willing to call um, – yeah, people, people are not really willing to call – excuse me, Giannis and this group, like veterans yet, but they are veteran enough in their arc where they have toiled year after year after year in the East playoffs. And for them to get over the hump of a Brooklyn team who was supposed to beat them and has ex-championship players on that team, that was a massive high. Whereas you go to the other side of this, Atlanta is young and fearless with zero expectation and zero burden and zero scars Mm -hmm. right atlanta's never had anything go wrong they are the perfect example of like like a young kid that just truly believes they're going to become the next millionaire athlete because nothing's ever gone wrong in their aau life and like they have people ass kissing them all the time nothing's ever gone gone wrong for the hawks so why would they ever expect anything to go wrong they come into these games with zero fear and zero overthinking there's zero volatility even the games they've lost they've given reasonable efforts i mean they did lose by 16 to the sixers at home but like they were still there they didn't seem it's overly just, stressed they have it one just, they have one star that's it that's the thing no, that's what's hard middleton's good right no we're he talking about the hawks. the hawks right 
Yeah, I mean, don't tell me Herder is a star. Was he a star before the playoffs? Right? I mean, listen, listen go through the go through the roster, right? Okay, what do you want? What do you need in a championship team, right? Look at the Bulls in the '90s. You had a superstar player, and then you had a second fiddle who was a defensive grinder, and then you had a bunch of great role players. Okay, he's the John, first ballot. Scotty Pippen's the first ballot Hall of Famer. John Collins is. Is, super, is anybody on this team going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Maybe try. They're also only 22 years old. When Michael Jordan in 1984, they weren't talking about first ballot. All I just don't, I don't, I don't. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we're not going to be talking about the Hawks in five years as being a buzzsaw in the East. It, they remind me of happening. the heat of last year. That's what they remind me of. They just like, got, they're just hot in a small window. That's it. But you have these guys that can actually. They played like, the Knicks like who were horrible. Points. They played the Knicks who weren't that great. And the then they played the 76ers who choke. The thing that you guys are missing is you're looking at flat results in a small window. Yes, they had similar results to what Miami did last year, but that Miami's never going to repeat that because they were all older players. This is a super young group. Like you just have to remember that. That's why I said it's like Michael Jordan in 1984-85. Nobody was thinking about him in 1997 in a 6 Nobody even considered it. Like in the NBA, in all sports really in general. People but the Hawks don't have Michael Jordan. That's the difference. People didn't know Michael Jordan was good. Dude, he wasn't even number one overall pick in the draft. Sam Bowie was drafted over him, for God's sakes. Like he, he came into the, the first couple of years in the league and he was just basically like a, a scorer, kind of like Trey Young, right? He was averaging like 35 points. They were losing 55 games a year. Yeah. It's the same thing. Just, I mean, the, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go on record and say that Trey Young is the next Michael Jordan. I'm just saying it's actually a very similar environment if you go back to 1985 and then look at the arc and the whole thing. Maybe it's similar to Golden State a little bit too. Um, yeah. I mean, if you, if you were to go to the beginning of the season or even mid season, did you think, this would be your final four no. ever. No. I mean, you can't say that. It, Suns, like, Suns, Clippers, Bucks. Yeah. yeah. Like all I mean, of them. Other I think than you, the you Hawks. reasonably I mean, I could think, have put them all even, besides the Hawks, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people question the Suns and the Jazz being the top seeds. Yeah. Let, let's face the yeah. facts. And everybody thought that LeBron would just step up and like take over the yeah. West. Didn't happen. Mm hmm. No, and then right. the East, I think you you thought it was going to be the Nets and it was going to be the Sixers fighting it off, and then the Nets would eventually be the representative of the East. Like seeing the teams that are in there now, I I for my from my perspective as a non NBA follower from start to finish, this is to me the most unpredictable. Final four I've ever seen. Well, it's because in- you haven't followed it. That's why. I mean, because I think if Sharky, who's followed it all year, will tell you the Suns are fucking good. They <laughs> are. Good. And, and it's proven yeah. that, but they were at the start of the playoffs, they were up like a, they weren't the favorite to win the West. No. Lakers no. were. Yeah. Well, I do, I do. I think one key point here is again, when you go back in NBA history, it's so, it is so defined by dynasties. I mean, really, it's all dynasties for the most yeah. part. Yeah. So there's only very, very small windows. And we're talking one to two year gaps where Tell it is it. open, where it is open for new teams. Like, and then for the next eight years, it's going to be the same predictable yeah. team. So yeah. you're right. It's highly unpredictable. But and we're in a, and this is why it's really exciting right now in the NBA because you don't know who's going to win. And it's, it's wide open. It's wide yeah. open. Yeah. You're right. And that's a but, good, but again, it will reset and then it will be, quote, boring again for the average viewer. And it'll be from this group of teams, these players, it will get back to that for like a five or six year window from like probably like 2025, to like 2030. And then it'll reset again in the early 2030s. And there'll be like a three year window where it's open season and it just goes on so far. So far. once LeBron leaves, then you have a turnover. And then yeah. KD's, KD and the Nets have their run, they hope. And, yeah, and, then, then, and then when the NBA gets good, it is good now when, when you don't know who's going to win. And then we hope that when it does set itself and sustain itself, we hope it's like 90s ball where it's a bunch of even teams that, yep. yes, they, yes, we know who's going to get there, but we know there's massive parity and these series are going to be fucking amazing to watch because these are like legit battle-tested groups that want to beat the hell out of each mm-hmm. other. Yep, you're right. You're right. 80s product and the 90s product. When you know these teams are going to get there, they hate each other, it's going to go seven every year and who's going to win? And that's the question. Mm-hmm. I want to see a future with Zion Williamson in like making playoffs runs. I don't know if this is going to happen because this is a guard heavy league and you've already seen that the guards are 
the ones that kind of control what's going on in the playoffs. I mean, you see it with Trey Young right now. Maybe these rule changes will affect help that guns a little bit with these guards not being able to lean into fouls as much. Yeah, and um, I think that I think with with uh, Zion right now, I mean he's so 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 young. Um, yeah. Give him a couple of years. He's already his efficiency rate in the NBA is like number one in the league. And put him with a, a, a good guard. I mean, guns, you're right, but put him with a good guard. He's not. He's, he's, he's a not, superstar, and yeah. and he just put him with one. And he's not not allowed to have a good wing guard to play with, you know. So, um, but I think we're gonna wrap it up here. And Yo, we have, a lap, we have a laptop issue. It might die, so we want to end on a, on a high note. Technical difficulties, <laughs> but you heard the prediction from the man himself. We're going uh, Suns Bucks. Get your Bucks series tickets in. It's going to be a nice price when you're listening to this podcast. Because they're down the odds fellows, the odds fellows kids have stopped pedaling the bike, so we have to go. It's- <laughs> Is this podcast <laughs> sponsored by the Handsome Gentleman Club? Ugh. Yeah, the handsome handicappers, the handsome handicappers text group. <laughs> We're working on a sponsorship. Somebody asked me that today. He's like, "Are oh, you doing your podcast today?" I'm like, "Yeah." And then he goes, "Do you have sponsors?" I'm like, "The fuck do you think I am?" Of course <laughs> we do. Shout out Manscaped. I think Manscaped is looking for a few podcasts. Manscaped, if you're out Blue there, bluechew.com. You let's, hard let's, dick. Let's, let's get the fucking lawnmower out there. Well, thank you guys for listening, and, and you can follow our guest at uh, on Twitter at Sharks and Sports. Plenty of NBA content, but plenty more than that, right? Lifestyle, fitness, football, vibes down the pipe. Vibes. Shout out to the goat, fucking Sharky. Sharky, Sharky yes, is the person that the brought it all together. So, shout out to the goat, Sharky. You are the goat. That's it. I'm gonna hang up and listen. It. I appreciate it, guys. I mean, there's not much more to say. I mean. We all came together because I talked to every one of you guys personally and in great ways, really mm-hmm. in great ways, every one of you individually in great ways. And it came together as I was able to see as maybe Brad Stevens will see one day with a group of people that you can put personalities <laughs> yeah. together and they can really excel at the highest level. That's all I'll say. Thanks for having me. And we'll come back. Love it. Thanks, you guys. Cheers see, you ne- see you next time. Cheers. Peace.